Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode eight of the Detours in Music podcast. I'm Laura Rupel, and today we have Brian Cockburn, who is the head of libraries at James Madison University. A couple weeks ago, I said that we would have Paolo Steinberg, who's a pianist today, but we're flexible here on the podcast, and his episode will be a little bit later. Hope you enjoy this This one. This is Brian Cockburn. I'm the music librarian, adjunct faculty here at JMU. Okay. Um, Can you tell us about your start in music? Uh, Start in music. It started very early. I was brought up in a very fundamentalist, song-leading, no musical instruments church in Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so by the time I was in third grade, I knew my solfege and I knew all the conducting patterns and I you know knew uh, shape notes Mm -hmm. so um, that sort of launched me and made it that that was likely what my future was going to be okay (laughs) how I got here I don't know but uh, but it was circuitous but that that was what started it were you primarily a singer primarily a singer but um, I I am a sort of jack of all trades. Um, The things I have done throughout my life have been direct choirs. I've always directed church choirs until the last few years. Uh, Was a stage director for a professional opera or several professional opera companies, assistant conductor for a couple of opera companies, singer, Mm -hmm. early music, composer archivist Mm -hmm. um i tended to just sort of go where the opportunity was in any given moment um where did you go to school and why uh again being in texas uh never entered my mind to go to school any other place for Mm -hmm. graduate school um partly because i didn't know better i grew up in a blue collar little city with a blue collar family Mm -hmm. and um went to one of the, I won't say local, it was still a five-hour drive there Mm -hmm. and back, but in Texas, a five-hour drive is local. (laughs) Um, And so went to East Texas State University, which now is UT Commerce, um, for undergrad, and went to grad school at University of Arizona, uh, and then went right from there into the job world. What were your um, focuses in school? As an undergraduate, I originally, like almost everyone there, went in as Muzed. I met my future wife there while she was going through um, student teaching. And our discussions about that convinced me that that's probably not what I should be Mm -hmm. doing. (laughs) Uh, And it convinced her as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I changed career paths and went vocal performance. I got into the University of Arizona. I really got interested in early music, but the closest thing from a a degree standpoint that Mm -hmm. they have was musicology. Okay. So my plan was to go there, get a master's in musicology, go somewhere else and get a a PhD. And um, being a graduate assistant there, I I, uh, participated as sort of the first Uh, reviewer of uh, a search they were doing for another musicologist and Mm -hmm. saw an extraordinary over well over a hundred resumes from 
musicologists who were more qualified than I would be in 10 or 15 years mm -hmm. still looking for jobs. And yeah. I said, okay, so this is not going to be good because I really don't want to work that hard for that little. So I switched really quick and got a degree in library science thinking okay. that will keep me close if mm -hmm. I stay in music librarian. I didn't even know there was such a thing. but. Uh, that will keep me close. Mm -hmm. I can keep doing music, but I won't rely on music for my mm -hmm. food and lodging. Yeah. Um, what's something you struggled with throughout these degrees? Maybe the exactly what field you wanted to go into might be. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really an I idealist. I'm an opportunist. Mm -hmm. um, for better or worse, and I. I think uh, if my wife would say anything about it, it was that I do sort of blow wherever the wind takes me mm -hmm. a little too much, a master of none <laughs> kind of person. Um, but that tends to be my personality anyway. Yeah. I, it's one of the things I really do like about what I do now is mm -hmm. that I get to interact with so many different types of people, needing mm -hmm. different things with uh, different kinds of needs um, that it, it makes it very varied mm -hmm. and f for me that's variety yeah. is is what's fun awesome um, do you have advice for a younger student maybe who's kind of looking at life the same way you have or well anybody who's taken my music uh, arranging my vocal arranging class will have heard this um, but they're probably too busy to listen to any of this anyway. But um, it's you need to know why you're doing it, mm -hmm. one. Uh, some people who do it for the applause, the pats on the back, the, mm -hmm. the feel good about either performing or thinking they're gonna get that in teaching, that's not gonna sustain a long career. Mm -hmm. You have to do it for the art, in my opinion. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of others, but um, for me, certainly, and for my wife and a lot of the other people I know, uh, you really have to do it for the art mm -hmm. because either at the beginning or at the middle or all the way through, you're going to be doing an enormous amount of work for nothing mm -hmm. except that. Mm -hmm. So that's first, love the art. Um, second, take advantage of every opportunity because you never know the ones that might lead to something better. Definitely. Uh, maybe the third would be, and again, some people aren't like this, and I'll explain, but for me, finding and constantly reassessing the balance in mm -hmm. my life. So you think you have this plan ahead. I was going to um, get my musicology degree, but it was not going to be so I could teach. It was going to be so I could start mm -hmm. an early opera company mm -hmm. and take it on the road and essentially do for early opera what you know the Shakespeare uh, American Shakespeare Center did for Shakespeare yeah. or does for Shakespeare but you know things don't happen the same way I did a lot of early music singing in New York City when we were there but um, that that kind of thing never panned out. And I don't mm -hmm. think in part because I didn't go get my degree. Um, but I, th I think I think um, 
finding that balance and you get married mm -hmm. and then well that balance changes especially if you're married to a musician mm -hmm. um, then you have a child that balance changes mm -hmm. so so it's a constant readjusting of, of what you're interested in and what other things extra musical things you're interested in mm -hmm. that being said don't ever expect to be this big marquee name that's that would be rare for that type of person mm -hmm. Um, to get that, you have to be compulsive, obsessive, and alienate everyone mm -hmm. who could possibly like you. Yeah. <laughs> the balance can't exist. You, there is no yeah, balance for those exactly. people. I mean, uh, you know, historically, and again, some of the friends of mine that, that have done something mm -hmm. are so egocentric that it's hard to tolerate them. Yeah. We, we tolerate them because we were friends, you know, in the yeah. past. So. Um. Have you ever been persuaded to change career paths, I guess, out of music um, entirely or? Um... There's been a couple of times that I was tempted. And I'll just be honest, mm -hmm. all of those times were out of just sheer not wanting to do the work. Yeah. Uh, way back when I was in probably middle school, uh, there was at least some time there where these aptitude tests were constantly given and so my aptitude was the ones they the, the fields i should have gone in were law and uh engineering mm -hmm. but i didn't want to work that yeah hard. that seems kind of a little bold <laughs> um, um so it was okay so the assumption, because I didn't have anything else, music was the thing that yeah. I think everybody just assumed I would go in and I went right along with it. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved to Texas for my first academic job at, in San Marcos, that's just 30 minutes from Austin. So I went through the entire process of applying and getting into law school there. Mm -hmm. And during the orientation process, uh, they had you read this book called The Bramble Bush. And that was all about how to be a lawyer, mm -hmm. what you have to do, at least according to that book, which mm -hmm. is know exactly where the line is below which you commit malpractice and above which you are adequately representing whoever you're representing. Mm -hmm. And boy, that was a disillusionment, right? I yeah. mean, I thought, wow, I know you. No, it's all about really just managing the amount of time you spend in any one thing. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, okay, that's not, it's, it's not the movie version of law. Mm -hmm. Let's rethink this. No, you're doing fine. We'll just stick with it. Again, mm -hmm. I don't want to work that hard yeah. <laughs> for, for that. Law school's a lot. Uh, so, so those are the two things, that, those are the two times really that I probably uh, was tempted to do something different. Mm -hmm. That being said, I've done just about everything in music you can do. Yeah. Um, and each time I switch from one to the other, or when I am in the middle of doing three or four different mm -hmm. things, it feels like a different career. Yeah. Um, you know, lately it's been all about composing and publishing. Uh, for a while, it was all about singing. Mm -hmm. uh, then for a long time, it was all about directing. Um, and the library part, sort mm -hmm. of that common thread that goes yeah. through it, uh, I could do my art not uh, prostitute it mm -hmm. for money um, and know I could do what I want and only what I want. Mm -hmm. Again, it's sometimes you can't develop momentum in your career yeah. if you're only doing what you want. Mm -hmm. 
How did your interest in the <coughs> library field start? <clears throat> well, I said a little bit of it. We, yeah. went, we were going through a musicology uh, search, and as a grad assistant, I was the one that was responsible for doing the first pass mm -hmm. of well over 100, and yeah, there were so many people that I, that was a shock. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, well, this isn't going to be that difficult. I'm mm -hmm. brilliant. Um, but I wasn't that brilliant, and mm -hmm. I knew it. Um, and so uh, the librarian at the University of Arizona okay. was uh, the music librarian, uh, was also a musicologist, and we had grown pretty close. Um, and he said, well, why don't you just go to library school? They have a good library school here. So I sort of overlapped my last year in my musicology degree was also my first year in library science, so mm -hmm. I ended up getting my library science for another, you know, semester. Yeah. Maybe two, I can't remember, but, mm -hmm. and um, before I'd graduated, I already had a job secured in New York City, which I thought, okay, we'll move there, and <laughs> yeah. we'll just sing and sing and sing, and, yeah. um, and that did happen. It, mm -hmm. was, it was hard, but yeah, so um, that, that's how I got into yeah. that. Yeah, that, I guess, field and degree seems like, very new to me. Mm -hmm. um, was to me yeah, too. Who would have thunk? Was just being at the University of Arizona that had that degree mm -hmm. program just like very lucky for you, I guess? Um, maybe lucky or unlucky. If yeah. they hadn't had that, I might have just might have gone ahead and, yeah. and, and done a musicology degree and just mm -hmm. thrown the dice. By that time, I was married. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we married and moved to Arizona with nothing. Mm -hmm. Knew nobody. I can remember... We were checked into a hotel with our stuff still in a uh, moving truck, mm -hmm. and we both were just, we were trying to find jobs mm -hmm. to so that we could find an apartment to rent. Mm -hmm. We were trying to find an apartment to rent so that we could get a job, mm -hmm. and I think the second day, neither of us had a job, and we still didn't have an apartment, and our stuff was in a truck that was leaking, mm -hmm. and, and we were paying for this hotel room, and... We sat next in between the bed and the wall and just sort of cried for a while. Mm -hmm. and it turned around, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was it was it was a challenge for sure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, though. <laughs> it didn't feel like it, but yeah. but it is now. That, yeah. That's the other maybe lesson for everyone. And I do tell this: people often come in, and I've had. Um, for many, many years, I taught every graduate student that came through the, the doors here. Mm. And so there was a number of times where grad students would come in and say, I'm, I'm thinking of not doing this. Mm -hmm. I want to go, you know, perform or mm -hmm. I want to go. And uh, my comment is always the same. Now's the time. You mm -hmm. can always come back for a degree mm. here or somewhere else. But the older you get, the scarier and the harder those kinds of moves were. it was the same thing we moved to New York I had a job at that mm -hmm. point when we moved to New York City but I'm a, I'm a small town Texas boy mm -hmm. my my uh, my background is you know dipping snuff and mm -hmm. sh shooting guns and <laughs> not New York City <laughs> yeah and so we just just picked up and moved to New York, New York City without thinking about it we did the same thing when we moved to Austria we mm -hmm. just didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um, wow. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Doing that now. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine why, how I did that. Yeah. But we did it, and it, we didn't even think about it. So mm -hmm. do it, do that kind of stuff while you're young. Yeah.
Um, do you think your biggest detour in music was um, switching to library science or even just switching to musicology? It was switching to, to library science. Okay. Um, I was always uh, a person who liked to understand things. Okay. So I loved performing, mm -hmm. um, but who doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. Thousands of smiling yeah. people loving you. Um, but I found pretty quickly that that what I really, even as an undergraduate, when we did scenes and I directed scenes, mm -hmm. I loved that even more. Mm -hmm. Directing and, and then conducting, um, I loved that more than I did the performing part. So musicology was an easy one. At the end of my undergraduate, mm -hmm. I knew that musicology was what I wanted to do, but partly with the idea of doing what I said about mm -hmm. early opera. Um, so the big, the big thing was um, the, the, the library, the okay. music library. I did not realize you could actually make money doing that yeah. until I went to grad school and, and met Dorman Smith. Um, um, so that was the big one. Can you explain more, I guess, what you do as okay. the librarian here? Yep. Okay, so as librarian, um, I will say that the library profession is in way more, going through way more change than most other parts mm -hmm. of the academic effort. Um, so I will just give a general totality of what yeah. it has been. Okay. Uh, rather than what it is. Mm -hmm. So what it has been is uh, you're responsible for making sure that you have on the shelves or online mm -hmm. what people need to teach mm -hmm. and in our case do research and perform mm -hmm. um, and uh, develop those skills. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is to be here to help people navigate all of that. All the complexity <laughs> of doing that. Okay. Uh, the other part is to make sure that um, you are uh, dealing with the technical parts. So um, all of the systems that we use are really poorly designed systems. We mm -hmm. all know that, yeah. uh, but um, they're designed that way for a number of reasons. and. As the music librarian in particular, it really affects us more than most anyone else. Okay. And having a graduate program here, it affects us more than anyone else. So mm -hmm. I have been very heavily, if not in charge of, mm -hmm. much of these systems that, that we have now or have had. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that's, that's another part of what, and I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. but. What's an example of the systems? <clears throat> well, the catalog. Okay. Um, uh, the little search box that the library puts at the yeah. top. That's a whole other system. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point we had this big huge system called Digital Orpheus that was the second system in the country of streaming okay. uh, recordings for reserves and stuff. Indiana had the first and we were the second. And that system, you know, I say we, mm -hmm. me being in charge of the project, built that from the ground up. Okay. Um, so I became very adept at computer science mm -hmm. just out of necessity. Yeah. And in New York City, we did a lot of that too. We created new systems to, to handle all those archival recordings. Mm -hmm.
My music begins with the possibility of language ends by mm -hmm. Sibelius. And then uh, Robert Schumann saying, to send light into the darkness of men's hearts, such is the duty of an artist. Mm -hmm. um, both of those speak very much to me. Okay. Um, I have a very, very robust spiritual life. Okay. Uh, while I... Um, am empathetic and open and understand that almost every spiritual tradition has its truths. Mm -hmm. I personally was raised and, and have lived uh, my life as sort of a very open-minded Christian. Mm -hmm. And um, that's probably in part why I place music on such a very high pedestal, mm -hmm. probably higher than most, because I firmly believe that it is this aesthetic sense, this ability to recognize beauty um, that has no convincing to me argument for why we have that as far as survival and in our development as mm -hmm. a species. It is maybe the greatest gift from God or the Great Spirit or mm -hmm. whatever you call it that we have been given. Yeah. Um, for me, and for many musicians, that is the only place that we feel God is speaking to us. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we talk all the time in prayers, but why does a sunset mm -hmm. evoke that feeling? Why, why do vibrations in the air that we've sort of been um, helped to organize mm -hmm. Why can that bring us to tears? Why mm -hmm. can that inspire us? Why is that? There's just no reason for that mm -hmm. other than it's th that sense of the aesthetic arts is the greatest gift we've been given. Do you think that's part of um, <laughs> what you were saying earlier of you have to do it for the art? Do you think that's mm -hmm. part of it? For oh, you? I know it is. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, um, one of my challenges is as both teacher and like. One of my challenges mm -hmm. in dealing with any musicians has always been to understand that that particular viewpoint does not have to be held by everyone. Yeah. Uh, because it, it so strongly uh, resonates with me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I, I do understand. And for many people, music is just a means to another end. Mm -hmm. When I take... Um, informal surveys in mm -hmm. my classes, you know, what are you planning on doing with music? The vast majority aren't doing it to be great performers. I mean, mm -hmm. many, many, you know, I want to go out and deal with some form of music therapy or uh, I want to teach foreign language or teach English in a foreign country and mm -hmm. I think music will help me do that. And so there's this whole range mm -hmm. of people using music for other things. Yeah. And for me, um, that use is a spiritual use. Mm -hmm. So my co compositions are almost exclusively sacred of some type. Mm -hmm. um, can't make a living. Well, a few <laughs> people can, but, <laughs> um, but in general, that's hard to make a living doing yeah. that. Um, I guess in closing, can you talk maybe about the detour that maybe brought you to JMU or mm -hmm. how your time at JMU has been? Oh, I can do both real quick. Yeah. Um, okay, so it wasn't a detour. Okay. Um, 
you know, my wife and I were in Texas at San Marcos, and she was an adjunct voice teacher, and I was doing the library and also doing some adjunct teaching. And uh, the choir director there for the Episcopal Church, and uh, we had just had our second child, and well, it was time. Mm -hmm. um, that was a, uh, you know, we were just still barely, I mean, we were, when we were in New York City, we were living like the Bohemians, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was La Boheme, us mm -hmm. and some of our friends, we knew that story. We didn't even like La Boheme anymore yeah. because it hit too close to home. Yeah. Well, this started out fine, but over time, um, it, it got tighter. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was time to look. And so this was just the place we, the, one of the offers I had that that um, made sense, mm -hmm. and what really did it was the outdoor. Mm -hmm. We are outdoor people and always have been. So when you can mountain bike, and ski, and rock climb, and mm -hmm. kayak, and hike, all you know, walk out your door and you know, mm -hmm. twenty thirty minutes you're there. Yeah. That was what clinched the deal, mm -hmm. and um, so uh, it sort of gets back to balance. You know, the more other things, the more hobbies, the mm -hmm. more other interests, um, the more family life you have, etc., the less time you have to do the other. Mm -hmm. So um, this seemed the perfect balance. Good. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're here, and um, that's what brought us here. What's great about JMU mm -hmm. is. Um, at least up until now, mm -hmm. um, JMU has always been the place where you could sort of recreate yourself over and over and over. Yeah. That you, you had the ability to, to find yourself mm -hmm. and uh, to make your, quote, job mm -hmm. um, as you went. Mm -hmm. um, and there wasn't a whole lot of rules and regulations and mm -hmm. don't do this and don't do that. If it fit within the big picture of what JMU wanted to be, mm -hmm. um, usually there was a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was a wonderful thing. Having worked at um, Lincoln Center in New York, there were you know the rules were endless mm -hmm. as to I mean you had to have your bag checked to go in and out mm -hmm. uh, of the archive. But um, th this was very freeing in Texas. We had so little resources that it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, but here, there was enough resources, and it was a very, a very creative mm -hmm. kind of uh, way to run not just the music, school of music, not mm -hmm. just the library, but but the whole the whole uh, university mm -hmm. allowed for a lot of freedom and creativity and, yes. and establishing as long as you sort of kept within the, the overall, what was it for the most of the time, be the change. Mm -hmm. It's been be the change, it always will be the change yeah. in some form or another. A lot of faculty have mentioned that they feel very welcome to evolve right. <laughs> throughout their career and they don't have to stay the person they were when they came right. here. Maybe. Yeah, and I, I think that's, I, I can't imagine working anywhere else, mm -hmm. any way else. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, another piece of advice for what it's worth is when you are out there, mm -hmm. whether you're looking for a teaching job in a public school or whether you're uh, looking for that uh, first faculty position or maybe even grad schools a little mm -hmm. bit, is the, you know, figure that little 
detail into to your calculations mm -hmm. because maybe if it's only going to be a two or three four year kind of thing doesn't matter but if mm -hmm. it's anything longer than that um, it, it'll be hard to, to create a long-term kind of um, relationship with mm -hmm. that place yeah. if, if you're not allowed to change because we all do mm -hmm. and so over time you become more and more false if mm -hmm. you're not given the ability to, yeah. to be true to that. Definitely. Hope you all enjoyed that interview with Professor Brian Cockburn as much as I did. Um, a big takeaway that I had from the interview that was surprising is when he was saying that he interacts with a lot of grad students and he always gives them the advice to go for it, that now is the time, um, that they can always come back to school and to really pursue their dreams while they're young. Um, when he started saying that comment, my first thought was that he would say to stay in school. Um, so I guess that's kind of where my mind is at. But it was interesting to hear him say to really go for it while you're young and push the boundaries because institutions will always be there to back you up. Um, and you never want to, I guess, live life wishing you had done something. Well, thanks as always for listening. Um, tune back in next time. We will have director of orchestras at JMU, who is Foster Byers. Um, ways you can help out the podcast would be to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Detours and Music Podcast. We have all of our episodes up on there. Also, comment, subscribe on Apple Music Podcasts and Spotify app. And our Instagram is Detours and Music Podcast. All right, thanks. Mm -hmm.